Chips have fallen? Who says chips have fallen? I think you did. Oh, wow. You're making me hungry. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's crack on before we run out of time. Also, it's just near pub time. a last thought on Edinburgh yeah, Airport is that cauliflowers don't have wings. Planes do. I just wondered. I thought you might have missed that. But no, no, he, he caught it. You've got to get that on a t-shirt, Andrew. Yes. That's your uh, AGM wear, so you don't... That's niche. I'll I'll do do that for you, Andrew. I'll make one for you right now. Thanks. Right now? You're doing a podcast right now, Bruce? Yeah, I'll do a a t-shirt cauliflower. I'll have one that says cauliflower wings on it. Tell you what, instead of talking about cauliflower wings and concentrating on making t-shirts, shall we do a podcast? Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please visit patreon.com forward slash brewdognews for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 15 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This is being recorded on the 4th of December 2018. We are fortnightly source for all the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. This show is hosted by myself, Robert Cooper. And with me, Bruce Cameron. And with us this week is the alluringly articulate Andrew Watson. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and the excitingly energetic Emma DeSena. Hi, guys. Why can I not get anything? Because coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the crazy happenings around the launch of the 2019 AGM. Brewdog have launched two new products and neither of them are beers. What he's on and he's not in a good mood. Brewdog Cameron joins us, Matt joins us, Lynn joins us and Chris joins us. And we go to the openings of Perth, Brixton and the Edinburgh Airport bars. And our friend from over the pond joins us to catch up on all the scofflaw drama. Standard disclaimer time, we are all shareholders in Brewdog PLC but we do not work for or speak on behalf of Brewdog. So, without further ado, let's play something music! You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. Hi, this is Martin Dickey. Hey, this is T. Hey, this is James. This is the Brew Dog News Podcast. Brew Dog News Podcast. James Watt, Martin Dickey. This is diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Brew Dog News Podcast. It's Blackie BFL Melbourne again. And a huge shout out to our new Patreon supporters. Hello, Stuart, Andrew, Andy and Richard. We had a big shout out to our top tier supporter, Innis. And thank you to Emily for recording the intro again for us there. Oh, right. We're back. Uh, yes. Getting on some sort of schedule. Um, Bruce, you are looking lovely in your um, tartan suit jacket there. Thanks very much. I found it on the floor, so I thought I'd decide to wear it for the show. Emma, I assume you're looking lovely, but once again, we've got no video of you. Are you looking and feeling wonderful? It's pyjama time again, what can I say? Have Excellent. You got, have you got your dead pony pyjamas under your tights again? <laughs> always, always, Andrew. James, and, James uh, loved that, that at the voice. time. He did. <laughs> uh, that voice that you're hearing right there, he's back. Uh, it's the Woo-hoo! dulcet tones of Andrew. How are you, sir? How was your rugby weekend, and did you miss Metro Mayhem? In order, uh, wonderful and yeah, probably not. Well, I, I definitely didn't miss the Sunday recovery session. I heard, I heard you got a little bit uh, delicate come the Sunday. <laughs> come the Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> come the Friday yeah. night, wasn't it? 
Oh yeah, it was actually. <laughs> he did. It's pretty much the whole weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Andrew, did you did you get a chance to listen to last week's show? Because we did talk about you quite a lot. Not yet. What do I need to know? Oh, nothing. Just uh, carry on, as you were. <clears throat> anyway, so, the big news. Let's get started straight away. Uh, of course, the uh, big news we're talking about at the moment is the tickets were released for um, next year's AGM, which is on the 6th of April. Um, Bruce, for those people who are new to BrewDog... Because there's yes. an awful lot, and we do forget about this. We talk about Cameron on the podcast, and I always forget to tell people who Cameron is, EFP team leader. Mm-hmm. And we speak about Tom, and I always forget to tell people who Tom is. Who is Tom? He's a man <laughs> with a plan in Clarkston. And all these things. But anyway, Bruce, yes. tell people, if they don't know what the AGM is, if you've never been before, how would you describe the actual AGM? For one, it doesn't start for an annual general meeting which I thought it did for a while, and then realised it's actually annual general mayhem. Yep. So it is a gathering of, what, 6,500-ish, maybe? EFPs plus their, you know, including their plus ones, so you might have half that You are EFPs, but there's about 6,500 people there who get together to sample the delights that Brewdog and other breweries offer in a kind of... Um, like I say, it's like a big 40th birthday party function, is it? Yeah. <laughs> that's just one way to describe it. It's most 40th birthday parties I've gone to don't have the outstanding beers that they do. Uh, held at the Exhibition Centre yes. in Aberdeen, which will be uh, a different venue next year as it moves to Tekka, the Exhibition Centre Aberdeen, that is. Um, Andrew, you've been to... Yeah, can it? You've been to most... You didn't make last year's AGM, same as me, for different reasons. Um, but yeah, you've been to most of them. So if again, if, if folk haven't been, how would you describe the sort of format of the day in terms of the entertainment and stuff? Yeah, what what happened last year, Rob? We don't talk about it. I All can right. tell you what happened. Well, what happened, Bruce? Well, just to Is this joke ever going to go away? <laughs> no. I mean, I'm trying to move on from it, you know? Well, I, I didn't make it last year because I had shoulder surgery that day, so that's I, I had a reasonable excuse. Um, what's I'd like to see like? a mariachi band welcoming Rob into into the studio <laughs> next year in a, in a red carpet. <laughs> As he walks down with his big Anyway, away. moving on. The AGM. It's I've been to just the one AGM, actually, and just uh, the one Beatnik as really? well. And, yeah, and the AGM was well, a long way to go from London. The AGM is it's like a weekend like no other. So most people have been to gigs in big venues, Wembley Arena, SECC, or the Aberdeen Exhibition Centre. And it's basically that huge space, but with seven or eight world-class craft beer bars around the outside, with beer tastings off in the side rooms, with a business speech from James and Martin, which is not very conventional, and some pretty good bands as well. I think the, the, the AGM's good fun, but what makes it crazy good is everything else that goes on alongside it. So special events in the bars in Aberdeen, in, in Flagship and in Castlegate, bottle share at Beatnik, yep. hopefully be repeated for the AGM. Things like the, the Saturday morning beach walk as well from the Castlegate bar all the way up the, the promenade. Is it the promenade or the esplanade? In yeah, Aberdeen? it is. Um, Whichever one. Are we going to do that this year, Rob, or are we just going to get a boss like a... Like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's four months out. This is the thing. Everybody's getting all excited and planning everything. It's four months away. Emma... 
your sort of AGM type experience, do you come up for the whole weekend or do you just go for the event normally? I do, yeah. So it's my first one as well, actually, last time. And um, I came up to Aberdeen for five, six days because obviously that <laughs> couple of days wasn't That's enough. That's a session. <laughs> so just w- I just, I've never been to Aberdeen before and I wanted to go up to the brewery, do the tour, spend some time at Dog Tap. Um, clearly not overworks because it was shut when I visited uh, but yeah just really sort of take it leisurely rather than rush around and I tried all went to visit all the craft beer bars um, and still drinking on Monday still standing <sighs> amazing well the big news is the tickets sold out ridiculously quick now I was I put on my Facebook page I was like oh that's the tickets on sale they went on sale at 10 30 in the morning I said they're going to sell out pretty quick, you know, probably going to be within a couple of weeks. It's normally like, you know, every year it's been like four four to six weeks and they've sold out and then there's people got a bit annoyed because they didn't get and they forgot. Uh, a little bit quicker than four weeks this time, wasn't it? Was it, was it two weeks? No, a bit quicker than that. Mm, a week? 13 days? Seven, seven hours and it was sold out. Six and a half thousand or however many it was, six thousand at least people. Did everybody so, here get their tickets? Mm-hmm. I did. Did you, Andrew? Yep. Excellent. See, we're all going. That's great. <laughs> I mean, for However, context, though, in 2016, so last time there was a big raise that had just ended, so after EFP4, it, it did mm. sell out. It was it was after a couple of months, but I think actually this is the only second time it's properly sold out in any meaningful time. So I think the speed of the sale... The speed of the sellout has taken everyone by complete surprise in Ellen. It was quite astonishing. There's no way, I don't think anyone predicted it, but um, basically the long and short of it is that they announced a second day, which is quite a remarkable thing to do, because, I mean, I can't even imagine the logistics in that. But before we get into talking about that, uh, we've got a chat with Cam coming up about that decision. So let's pop the AGM and day two to one side for now. Crack on with some other stories, um, if that's okay with you lot. And I think the first one should probably go to you, Emma. Um, remember we talked about the charity raffle thing uh, last episode? We Maybe did. Maybe you can give us an update on how it ended. Yes. So last time we spoke about the Macmillan raffle that Mark Stevens was organising, um, they did phenomenally well. So last time we spoke, they had raised 1500 um, and actually at the time of closing the raffle uh, mark had raised three thousand one hundred and forty pounds mm, nice. Congratulations. so the, so uh, so abby and ben did and rona did a live um draw yesterday so it's pretty cool because lots of different people that we don't usually get to see pulled out some of the raffle tickets martin nice. martin pulled out one as well at the end and um yeah i think we've got some very happy winners on the forum what was the top prize uh there was uh, there wasn't actually one star prize i think because the standard Lots was just high yeah high across the board so there was a couple of sink the bismarck bottles in there um there was a someone's seller collection so dog b dog c hinterland ab21 that's quite a good selection so yeah i don't think there was any losers at all actually we should have given a prize of a, a meet and greet with you bruce yes i would have worn my tartan jacket yeah it's um it's if you look for that just let me know 
It's quite a statement piece, that jacket, isn't it? I'll wear it to the gym. Mm. Mm. Please don't. The trousers are a bit tight, though. I'll have to work on that. Mm. Mm. Bruce, you've got the next one. Uh, yes, yes. The, no. s- the sticker book. Tell us about the sticker book. Well, we, we were talking about this earlier on, and we oh, there was going to be an announcement, and we were thinking, what is this announcement going to be? And then it turns out that Brewdog have released a sticker book. Now, do you remember the Panini football stickers from your school days? In fact, they're, st- they're still on the go just now. Mm-hmm. Did you collect I, them, Rob? I, I never did. did any of that. Did you? You did. World Cup 98, I remember. Yeah. Well, I, I, was, I was actually working then. That's like I remember like World Cup 74, I think that's when I remember. The um, the sticker books, yeah, so they've released a, a sticker book and working with a, a company who produce stickers, they've released, um, there's a hundred stickers in total and it does include all the shiny ones as well. There's You can buy them for packets of fives, a pound for... What's a shiny one? Well, in the football stickers you used to get um, all the teams and the club's badge used to appear on a silver foiled badge, right? So they were the shinies, what they called. So you'd have the shiny badge for the club emblem, then the team picture and all the players. So what they're doing here is they're releasing stickers and there are certain stickers with artwork which are shiny, like foil stickers. Okay. The book itself is two quid and a pack of five stickers is a quid. I mean, I remember when the stickers were 10p for a pack of five, but never mind inflation and all that. There's a hundred in total, however, here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. One of the big things about football stickers when you collected them was you were trying to be the first to finish your book and there were always certain elusive stickers that people were trying to get their hands on to be the first to finish this book. So, Brewdog have said that there are two winning prizes if you finish the book. And you know what the prize is? Go for it. It's a trip on Brewdog Airlines to America. Oh, so there's no point you even trying to win that then, Emma. <laughs> well, technically if I won, then I'd get a refund on my flight. Would you? Oh, okay, that's pretty decent. Um, <laughs> now, now, go on, Bruce. Lots of people are still waiting for one particular number that seems to be missing. <laughs> Is this the number 94 by any it chance? Because I keep does. seeing people munching 94. <laughs> it does. It does seem to be number 94 that's missing. Now, I... I have got a chat with, um, we were talking, about, there was a group of us, and we we're, we're talking about um, the idea of this. And I think, Rob, you weren't impressed with this idea, were you, initially? Initially, I was like, oh, here we go, another and bloody the, brew dog gimmick. And then within about 15 minutes, you had bought a sticker yeah. album and stickers. <laughs> yeah. And then I took them round to my local, the world-famous Newton Arms, and I sat with all the tenants drinkers as a 43-year-old man opening up my packets and sticking my stickers in, and I got called a loser by two customers and a member of bar staff. So, And how many... Have you bought any more since? Yeah, no, not yet, but I will, because I am going to pick up the elusive 94, swap it with someone, and then they'll give me £500, and everyone's a winner. Fantastic. So there you go. Yes. So these these um, I was I was actually considering buying it myself, but I might not. Are the girls not doing it? Well, I was going to say it's a great one for you, Bruce, because you could if you take the kids in to Doghouse, and then they yes. can have a coloring in book, and you know you can color Is in there? Buster, and you can get the sticker book, and they can be entertained for at least twenty minutes while you have a flight. No, hold on a sec. Whoa, 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 whoa. Coloring book. Well, no, you can get a colouring sheet of Brewdog Buster with crayons for kids in Brewdog bars. I did not know that. 
Yeah, you'd love it. Oh, I'm, I'm in, yeah, absolutely, I'm there. We learn stuff every day on this podcast. This is amazing. So yeah, Emma, that's your sticker book. So, Emma, oh. how did Bruce get on with explaining it? Because I know you're well into it. <laughs> how do you know that? <laughs> how do I know? Because I'm on the Facebook group where you're <laughs> posted every day, going, "Got it, want it, swap it." I didn't know. I didn't know you're on there. Is that what you're using your new security cameras for? <laughs> Just spy- <laughs> <laughs> spying on me? <laughs> no, the spying on the dogs. <laughs> this this got dark. I'm sorry. This has just got a bit weird. <laughs> I I may or may not be waiting for just one sticker. Have you got them all apart from one? May or may not be. <sighs> Andrew, mm. tell us about um, Dead Phony Club. So, Cask is back. That was the exciting Yay. announcement from the Blueprint. And Dead Pony Club on Cask was launched into Draft House pubs uh, back uh, a month or so ago. I've not actually been in myself to see it, but uh, I believe it has rolled out. Now, just ahead of that, there's a, a, a smaller brewery um, who have basically created a beer called Dead Phony Club. Now, with DIY okay. Dog, of course, Brew Dog's recipes are all open source and available to all. So they've literally taken the recipe out of their DIY Dog and have created it and have got it out. They got it out just a, a week or so before Brew Dog were going to get it out. So a nice rip off. Uh, they said, uh, "Was it say, Brew Dog? We hope you don't mind. It's a tribute to what you've achieved and sharing what you've created with more people, all whilst having some good fun and being a bit cheeky along the way." Well, if anyone's been cheeky over time, it's Brewdog, so fair play to them. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> and that's uh, three, 3D Beer down in Western Supermare did that. Nice. Brilliant. That's nice. That feels more like a hat tip to Brewdog than you know oh, anything else. All right. Cool. Um, I've got one here. The other thing that got announced, I think it was this week, is Subwoofer. Uh, Brewdog have made a beer for dogs. <sighs> Anybody? Now, now, there, I, I've got a friends, sorry, Rob, Rob, sorry, I've got, I've got friends who buy beer for dogs. I've got dogs Is and Rob I don't buy beer for them. No. no, he's not, he's not. I don't buy beer for dogs. I find the whole idea a bit odd, but I totally get it. So, I'll say nothing more on it, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up a bottle this week, and I'm going to bring it back, <laughs> and, I'm gonna, and, drink and I'm going to try it out on my dogs. Oh, people have already started trying to check it in on Tapped, and Brewdog have said, "Look, it's it's really not for humans. This really." So. I mean, it's, it won't do you damage. It's just not tasty. Yeah. Um, it's, is it not you that's got the dog with the um, challenging digestion sometimes, Rob? And if you give your dog something a bit odd, it'll backfire literally. Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> what happens. Usually, about Oof. about four hours after whatever goes in. If it doesn't agree, it comes out rapidly. So, um, yeah, this this will be this will be an interesting experiment. So I'll, I'll try and I'll try and record it. I think I'm going to oh, try three different things. Not not that bit. Video I for Facebook. A bot, a, 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 some water, the doggy beer, and then maybe something else like a doggy wine, puddle water or something, and then see which ones they enjoy. So I don't know. We'll do something. We'll stick it on video. We'll put it out next week. It should be a laugh. Um, right, let's let's keep moving. Uh, Andrew, you've got the next one as well. Emma, I'm sorry, I know you're still there. Are you are you okay? Oh, she's gone oh. quiet. 
Oh, sorry. I'm just, I'm just having a bit of a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Do you have cauliflower for tea? <laughs> Not today. Tuesday's my day off. <laughs> well, I love Are that you, you need um, a day off from cauliflower. Coffee, is um, that what we're talking about? <laughs> yes, go for it. Coffee. Tell us about coffee. Brew Dog have announced coffee stuff. Go for it. Hot off the the French presses tonight. Um, Darcy Luther. Luther. He's good. He's good, isn't he? I know, I know. I can't, can't pay for talent like this. And anyway. Um, <laughs> Thankfully, we don't. <laughs> anyway, so Brewdog have long prided themselves on the coffee that's available in the bars. They had a partnership with Glasgow-based roasters Deer Green for a couple of years, which apparently the coffee was very good. I'm not a coffee drinker, unless it's in a stout, so I can't really comment. And they also did basically a reverse sort of process where they chucked coffee beans into, was it Dog F or Dog G barrels to create barrel-aged coffee beans? which yeah, I've, that, yeah. I've heard rave reviews about. Now, they've gone a step further now, and BrewDog are doing their own coffee. And by doing their own coffee, we mean that they've got a chap who has uh, been working with the product development team in a new roastery in Ellen, sourcing and crafting coffee beans from Brazil to make the very first Ellen-made BrewDog coffee. They come from the heart of the Brazilian coffee country, and uh, if you order any espresso in the bars, or if you just want a nice cafetiere of coffee, it'll come from there. Apparently the notes you get in it, this is sounding like beer now, there's chocolate, dark wholemeal bread cream. I've lost it. Let him keep talking. <laughs> Poor Andrew. It's like dark, dark Whose car was that? It's Emma's got a window open. No, I haven't, but you know what Camden's like. Yeah. Andrew's like, can you hear me? Who we can. Everything broke. It said I was the only one here. Oh, did it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, you're back now. Where did you lose me? Uh, you were just started going through the tasting. You said notes. notes. There was coffee. notes of chocolate, and then all we heard was a car go. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I said. Yeah. What what do you like from your coffee notes? Any coffee drinkers amongst you guys? I've only started drinking coffee in the last couple of weeks, and I've been trying to get a hold of a bag of the coffee from, was it last year, two years ago, when they did that barrel-aged stuff? The barrel-aged stuff, um, yeah. Yeah, um, trying to get a hold of that without, you know, not much I'm just well, an instant coffee drinker, that's it. I don't really care. So what you should be tasting in your Brewdog coffee is mm-hmm. if it's a, a an espresso, they've got two different brews, it looks like. So the espresso version has chocolate and dark wholemeal bread crust, which gives you a balance between bitterness and smoothness. Lovely. And if it's in the cafetiere instead, it would be richer, nuttier and chocolatier. It all just tastes like coffee, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure it will. Yeah. So they're also doing more barrel aging. So Fabio's grabbed some casks, apparently, to, to chuck some beans in. And uh, you can also get yourself a Brewdog Keep Cup. So have your Brewdog coffee and save the planet all at the same time. It seems like a good idea. Awesome. I mean, if there's similar hipster obsession with coffee and beer, that, that would be good for them to do. Modern Times, of course, do it already out in San Diego, and they then use their coffee into their stout. But overall, I'd just like a bit of reassurance what's happened to Deer Green, because you know that was 
that seemed to be quite a major thing for Brewdog that I thought they'd invest in Tier Green. So it'd be a shame if that's come to an yeah, end. Yeah, but I suppose they, uh, they bought the coffee shop in Ellen, though, didn't they? The um, apothecary. So I'm presuming this ties into this. Yeah, I'm presuming this ties into this somehow. But... I, I'd assume so. Hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure someone will correct us because they do like to correct us and tell us what's happening there. So, Cool. Uh, right, we'll switch back to using the Brewdog Believe advert for the next episode. But in the meantime, I'm going to give you one last play for the Blueprint advert. Before we play that blueprint advert, Bruce, do you want to give us a little brain teaser before the break? I do, yes. Uh, anybody remember Sink the Bismarck? Who's tried it? Well, mm-hmm. I remember it from the conversation a few minutes ago. Yes, exactly. Which I don't think I've ever tried it. I don't know if I've ever tried it. No, I, I haven't it. actually. Yeah, it was. I think I bought a bottle. Maybe 20. When maybe 2014? Bruce, yeah, I think you did buy a bottle. I did, did I? Just ring a bell now. And it, it came with a bottle stop. No, a cork, it? Yeah, it did. It came mm. with a brown paper bag, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Last I, time I was at Musa, they were selling it for £100. I paid... <sighs> can't remember. Anyway, the question is, right, Sink the Bismarck, it's a quadruple IP that contains four times the hops, four times the bitterness, and frozen four times to create a staggeringly high ABV. What was that ABV? Mm. Okay. Break. We're now 11 years old as a company, or as we like to say, 77 dog years. We're definitely bigger than we used to be, but we're still inconsequentially tiny in the context of the global beer business. Our biggest competitor is over two and a half thousand times our size. Since 2007, we've done some awesome stuff, built some brilliant things, and kickstarted the craft beer revolution in Europe. But we've also f- some things up, and sometimes people slag us off. Slag us off? Yeah, like on Twitter. What kind of things do they say? I can tell you. I took a selection. There's quite a few there. This is, this is one. James and Martin are monumental bombles in absolute helmets. Maybe they would enjoy a nice bottle of It's a bit nasty. Overpriced, overhyped, pretentious hipster rubbish. Hard to argue with that point. Apparently, two Muppets and a dead dog are going to save us from bad beer. It's a shame for the dog. One of my favourites, you massive, 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 massive guess there's nothing like a bit of constructive criticism to make you sharpen up your game. Anyway, our mission is to make other people as passionate about fantastic beer as we are. And we want to build a company that we, our team, and our community are all super proud to be part of. To that end, we're releasing a blueprint for the next 12 months, outlining loads of phenomenal new initiatives when it comes to our beer, our people, and our mission. It's going to be a manifesto for the next decade of DOG. Watch this space. People are really quite mean on Twitter. Still a lot of angry people out there. Before the break, we had the question, the teaser was put to you about Sink the Bismarck. Does anybody remember what the ABV was? It was it was well up in the forty somethings, wasn't it? Yeah, was it the well, hi- it's the highest ABV beer that they've done, isn't it? Now I would on this point read out the answer, but because Rob hasn't put the answer in the script, I've no idea what it is. Forty one. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Always there with the facts. Yeah, always, yeah. always. Well, part of this is why we missed, missed you, you last week. This is why we missed you the last episode. 
Anyway, um, we're keen to hear from you here on the Breedog News Podcast, so please feel free to call us on 01224 518501 and leave us a message. Three messages this month. How many? Uh, first up, we've a voicemail from friend of the show, uh, Matt the Banker. The what? Matt the Banker. How's it going, Brewdog News Podcast? Uh, Matt here, quick question for you. Brexit's in the headlines. We're all panicking about Brexit. Uh, if Brexit happens, what's going to happen to all the beer? Cheers. Okay, so Matt wants to know what's going to happen come Brexit. Uh, Andrew, I, I've seen a couple of threads on the forum. I'll be honest, I've not gone in there because it's just hard to read stuff about Brexit and all this stuff without getting into arguments. Any thoughts? Have you seen anything been said? Is it anything happening? Well, as for those forum threads, it's it's the usual internet talking about politics situation. Somehow it then descended into discussion on Scotland leaving the Union, not uh, the UK leaving... <laughs> The European Union, and uh, then it just got into... Oh, we'll be invoking Hitler soon, and that'll be the end of that. So, nothing yep. much in those threads. Um, but a wee while back, I think, was it Rona, or was it Fiona? Uh, one of the Brewdog staff, anyway, said that there there's plans in place, but you know, until there's more certainty from those that are meant to be making the decision, who knows? It would be foolish to speculate, given we're doing this on the night where the government has been... Uh, the vote went through, the government's in contempt of Parliament. Who knows where we'll be by the time this goes out? Yeah, if you're uh, not listening from... Uh, if you're listening outside of the UK, um, it's just... We're so embarrassed by what's happening. Please just turn the news off from the British stuff, just for a little bit. Let it go. <laughs> um, either of you two, Bruce, Emma, you got any thoughts on this to tell Matt? No. No, Brexit makes me sad. Okay, so that's that then. Brilliant. So we've got no answers for you whatsoever, Matt, but thanks for phoning. Okay. <laughs> Who is your MP for Aberdeen South? <clears throat> Let's not talk about that. It's a guy called Ross. He's one of them. Anyway, next up, uh, it's the man we all love to try and understand, uh, Jim Watt uh, on his farm. Uh, the man we all know, of course, as Watty. Hi, hi, Brewdog News Podcast. It's Watty here for you, Ian. Well, loans, I'll be honest, I'm in a good humour. I was bailing here all day Wednesday, so I missed out the tickets for next year's AGM. And well, they'd sell out by 8pm. I mean, you must be some kind of record. Luckily, my chum Sandy got whoever since me and Sandy got ourselves sick of sutter last year. His wife says she's gone with him to keep an eye on him. So that's me stuckered. I did see that they'd set up a second date on the Sunday, but I'm feared they will have the beer drunk and set up then. It'll be off a quiet on the Sunday. Bob, Bryce, is there only why you boys could maybe speak to somebody... And maybe see about getting me in on the Saturday, just, just between you and me, Ken. <gasps> it would be rare to see you twa loons again, after your incident to the day, Ellen. I'll maybe hear for you soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. Is, is Watty not your, your housemate now? Is that what I heard? No, that's oh. Billy. Billy? No, no, no. <laughs> Bill, Billy's, Billy's not Billy's Billy. Billy's Billy. You've had Billy. You've had Billy. <laughs> I just wonder if that was a, a, a convenient uh, disguise that actually, actually, what he's moved in. That could be a story. Right. Um, oh, okay. So uh, a very unhappy Watty there. Um, he's asking us to to call in favours. Um, 
However, uh, the good news is I actually have had a chat with Camp because we wanted to have a word with him over about the decision to do the two days of AGM. So, um, yeah, I think the best thing to do is just hand over to me chatting with Camp. Uh, right, Camp, uh, we're in Brewdog Castlegate, so there's a bit of noise going on behind us. Uh, I already know because before we started recording just how stupidly busy you've been, so really thank you taking some time to come and talk to us so um yeah agm it's gone to day two let's talk about day one first of all how surprised were you and everybody else when it sold out as quick as it was it did so we knew given efp5 had literally doubled the number of efps that we had that it was going to be popular um we knew last year it sold out but it actually took I think some people forget it took three months to sell out last year, so we had a big peak in uh, the first two days of sales and then it sold out, um, took about three months to sell out. So we knew it was going to be more popular, definitely the nine hours and 27 minutes that it took to sell out took everybody by surprise, so um, we didn't expect it to go quite that quickly, um, but it's just testament to how much people really love the AGM, getting to meet other EFPs, join the music, um, so yeah, definitely caught us by surprise, but in a good way. So actually on the day itself, um, were you sitting there refreshing uh, Universal, you do you sell the tickets through, were you refreshing that, looking at the numbers going, okay, this is going a bit quicker, were, were you informing James? I'm kind of interested in how it works sort of behind the scenes with these things. Yeah, so... Um, the, although the, the, so there's a there's a team of people who help pull together the AGM and it, it's there's no there's it's a it's a proper team effort from the whole of Brewdog to get the AGM up and running. So I think sometimes people forget how big an event it is that we're pulling off every year and it just gets bigger and bigger. Um, so Marissa and the events team uh, do all the heavy lifting really around the AGM. Um, so when we launched the tickets uh, last year, I think we sold. 2,000 tickets in the first 24 hours. So on launch day this year, when I got an email through at, I don't know, 11.30 or 12 o'clock saying, we've just sold 3,500 tickets. I was like, right, okay. So this this is gonna go really quickly. And, and the whole day when I kept refreshing and, and Marissa was obviously sending hourly updates to the leadership team, telling us what, what the sales were going like. I was like, right, it's going to kind of slow down soon. So, you know, it's going to get to peak and it'll, it'll be fine. And it just kept going. And I, and I remember thinking at, at five o'clock, okay, so it's at like 6,000 now. Surely we've got to that point now and it's going to tail off. And it just kept going. So we've sold almost 8,000 tickets in just under in just over nine, nine hours, which is phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, so lots of refreshing and checking what was happening. Excellent. Now... That, that really sort of hits to a point that I did want to bring up with you, a bit of a negative one, to be honest, that people got in from work, um, they saw the email, you know, maybe had the supper, looked at the email, it's it's quarter past six, seven o'clock, think, right, okay, I'll get the kids to bed and then I'll get this sorted out. And then it was sold out. So, um, you know, and then they were, they were coming on the forum and, right enough, they weren't happy. Um, so, um, as I said, last year it took three months to sell out and I think some people forget that. Um, we had fully intended that we would have, so we, we had a save the date on the Friday on the forum. Uh, we did some social media posts on the Friday. We did social media posts, an email and a forum post on the Tuesday, fully expecting it to take at least a couple of weeks to even get close to selling out, which should have given everyone enough time. So when 
it started to get to that kind of levels, we were completely taken by surprise. Now, it, it, I was I was on the emails answering everybody's query within 10 minutes who, who had an issue logging on to make sure that they could get tickets. And as you say, 7.30, 8.30, tickets were still available. But it was at that kind of point that we knew we had to think about what, what we could do. So almost as soon as we knew it was going to sell out on that on that day, the whole team were thinking, right, what do we do now? Do we do an extra day on the day at the headquarters at the brewery where we get 4,000 people and we do a live stream and we get James and Martin to move from one site to the other? Do we do an event in every bar across the country? Do we do a second location somewhere else? Do we do a second day? So we were already thinking, we know there's demand there and what do we do to kind of cover some of that off? To give people the opportunity to enjoy what, what has become a phenomenal experience. Yeah, now obviously we, you went for a second day in the end, but um, but I think anybody who's had any experience at all of even organising anything like from a, a school fete upwards would know that it's not an easy decision. You can't just suddenly go, oh, we're going to have day two. The venue might not be available. You've got all the bands, you've got all the logistics unreal. So that must have been quite a serious decision that you had to make then to get this into place so quickly. Yeah, so the one of the most important things that Marissa, the events team, the people team, all of the directors, myself, were thinking about was what, how do we ensure that the staff um, are not having to work the full weekend? Because as you say, it's the amount of effort, blood, sweat, and literal tears that go into an AGM weekend from the staff. It's like, it's like Christmas, but hard. Like people really look forward to it, but it's so tiring. So we wanted to make sure that staff weren't um, having to do two full 16 hour days trying to, trying to cover that off. So that was the priority. Um, we knew that the AGM was going to be popular. We didn't think it was going to sell out that quickly. We had earmarked potential for a second day at the AACC. Um, and as soon as we knew it was going to sell out, we started planning what, what we could do. So I think the important thing around AGM two-day event is our staff are only going to have to work one of those shifts. So for some of them, for the first time ever, they're going to be able to go to an AGM and enjoy it like our EFBs, which some of them have, have A, never had the opportunity to do because they've always been working, um, or some of them who have been EFBs like myself, we've enjoyed it before and have become resigned to the fact that we're there to help other people enjoy it, which we love doing. Um, but this year, we'll all be able to go and enjoy, whether it's Saturday or the Sunday, enjoying the same beer, the same food, the same music, um, and just really enjoying what, what the AGM has to offer in its full experience. I mean, I can speak from personal experience when you don't get to go to an AGM <laughs> one year. It can be quite taxing. Baggate. <laughs> okay, so um, two days at camp. So how are the two days? There will be differences, I imagine, but what are going to be the main differences between the two days, if any? Um, so um, in terms of um, sitting here right now, where we know what the AGM is like, uh, it's got beer, music and food both days will be identical. So both days we'll have beer in the same venues of the same beer, same guest breweries. Um, we are working with our music uh, acts to try and get them to do both days. Where we can't secure them both days, we'll look at what we put on it as an alternative. But in all senses, the days will be exactly the same. So there'll be music, beer, James and Martin will do their speech. Um, There'll be things for people who go on the Saturday that will be able to enjoy something different on the Sunday, but it will be very similar feel and, and what's going on. Cool. 
Um, and if you go along on the Saturday and then you have some beer tokens left over and you're going along on the Sunday, which I know quite a few people are, are those going to be valid for both days? It's a really good question and uh, it's not something that we've got into the detail of planning yet, but um, I would be pushing very hard for that to be a, the reality because in reality there's quite a few people going from one day to the other, so using the beer tokens, they're likely to be the same and we'll use them on both days. Uh, Cam, uh, I'm going to let you get on. You've got plenty to be doing this evening, I'm sure, as of high. I'm heading down to Union Square next. Um, I was going to say, Watty was actually the one who wants uh, asking us this question. So uh, if he's looking to get tickets for day two, are they still going to be available for a while, do you think? Yeah, so day two, we open up to um, everybody uh, on Wednesday. Um, I think they'll be available till January. Uh, they will sell out, so don't hang around. We don't want a repeat of people last February telling us they booked hotels and flights and not tickets so we've made a second day available for those people book it now um, but I think he's got a while to book that ticket um, unfortunately what well, he can't come and join us on the Saturday but I can guarantee that Sunday will be just as enjoyable excellent camp thank you so much for your time buddy and we'll catch up with you uh, probably next for the uh, Christmas special thank you Cool. Okay, so there you go, Watty. That was Cam uh, filling you nice. in, and we learned a bit or two about the second day of the AGM there and the decision and everything else. So great. Do we know actually? Um, just do we, do we know how many tickets have been sold for day two yet? As of the time of recording, it was two and a half thousand, I think. Hmm. Sorry. Um, and that's before it goes yeah. out to people who Everybody bought for else. day one as well. So it'll get higher. Okay, finally, here's a third message, and this one is also on the subject of the ABN, a, ABM. ABM? <laughs> the AGM. This one is from Chris. Hey, team, it's Chris here, a real-life friend of the show. I was wondering if you'd heard any rumours as to which bands will be playing at the AGM next year. Uh, we normally get a very impressive lineup, but the bands do tend to be a little bit samey. Uh, I'm a big fan of hip-hop and dance music, and I was wondering if there was any chance that that would be reflected in the lineup next year uh let me know your thoughts cheers guys bye oh okay so i have raised this point before before i pass comments bruce have you any thoughts well it's funny i mentioned the fact that i did a bit of um hip-hop dancing and a bit of uh, <laughs> you know with my vinyl and carried that around the streets of cove in aberdeen you know with my friends i say i just got something that it was carried i th- my experience of the music, I, I don't go there for the music at all, right? Um, I've never listened to the music, I, I'm not a rock fan. However, listening to the beer festival in Edinburgh that we went to, Rob, where the music was not rock and it was completely different, I felt there was a nice vibe. So it, it led me to think that could there be a, a different room that's got different music? You know, one of the rooms plays a different sort of music, than standard rock. I don't know. It's I'd be for it. At the uh, London Craft Beer Festival this year, they had hip hop karaoke. Would you be up for that, Bruce? No. <laughs> that sounds dreadful. It does. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I I think a different genre of music and maybe even one of the smaller rooms would wouldn't go amiss. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I think it would be taken away from Brewdog's core identity to not have some seriously, what I always refer to as angry music on the main stage. Uh, but I I would like to have somewhere to go just to, you know, point at things randomly, or dance as I call it. 
Andrew? Um, well, I've always liked rock, so I'm in favour of rock. My Genuinely, one of my happiest memories of all life was the 2016 AGM, drinking headliners and bopping along to Frightened Rabbit and Idlewild because I love those bands. So, yeah, it's happened a lot over recent years, but I'd be very happy with the same again. Amber, are you got any thoughts? Personally, yeah, I'm an indie rock kid, um, but I do, th- I do think they should mix it up. Actually, this year. Yeah, they should book Slayer. <laughs> I, I would be quite happy. I'd be quite happy if Chris and I did a back-to-back soul funk hip-hop set. In one of the smaller rooms. You'd wear that silly tartan. I mean, that tartan oh, jacket, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be able no, to I'll function. I mean, oh, I know. Listen, Rob can vouch for I, that. I, I would. I've been with Bruce when he's been DJing at gigs. I, I have watched him in his state of intoxication, where he's literally dropped his McDonald's on the DJ box floor, yep. scooped it up because he's been that hungry and desperate to eat, and just ate it anyway. You know, Bruce, let's uh, move on. We have three bar openings to talk about. Uh, the first one, I went along with uh, Billy. Uh, we went along to the opening of Perth. Um, yeah, it's quite nice. It was it was kind of weird because with all the bar openings and things that have been going on recently, obviously the last one I was at was my first one. That was uh, Union Square here in Aberdeen. 170 seats, heaps of staff, huge place, you know, really in comparison to some I've been to. Uh, and then I was down at Tower Hill, and, you know, we've got uh, all these other large bars. This is by far the smallest bar. I think, I think it might be the smallest UK bar. I think they're, they're one of the ones abroad smaller. 48 people's the capacity. But the full team were there. JB, David, um, Sydney, um, Sam. Um, it, it, was, it was great. So it was a real sort of... It, it's a bit of a corny phrase, I know, we talk about this, but you know, it felt like a brew dog sort of family affair. It was great catching up with everyone. Um, really nice night. Uh, but one of the people I did catch up with there um, was a gentleman uh, who is a resident in Perth and an EFP. So he was just a little bit excited to find out that a brew dog was opening in his local town. He kind of had some mixed feelings on the location that we chose. So uh, I stuck the microphone in his face and uh, we had a chat. Here is what it is. Okay, we're just waiting for the uh, toast here in. Uh Brew Dog's newest bar in Perth, and I'm here with Alan. Alan, um, how's your night going so far? Oh, it's fantastic. It's uh, really busy in here, and then the atmosphere's really buzzing. So it's great to see Brew Dog arrive in Perth, and uh, I think the people of Perth will take it greatly. Yeah, you do. Now, you had some reservations uh, earlier on before you saw the bar itself. I know you posted on the forum about it because we were talking before the recording. So how how does that? How's your thoughts on it now? Well, the, the design of the pub's fantastic. This this urban look and urban design is fantastic. You know, the, it's, it's a typical Brewdog pub. Um, I've been in a few, and uh, they're all very, very similar, and they all have that same vibe. My only reservation was where it was in Perth. Uh, as, like, every Brewdog fanatic, you wanted to be successful, and uh, my only reservation was where it was positioned in Perth. But uh, I'm up for being proved wrong, and I hope the people of Perth turn out. That's excellent. So yeah, one one of the things we have noticed is it's quite a small bar, quite compact. Um, if you were to go outside, there's nowhere really for any sort of tables and chairs or anything to go out there. So they're kind of fixed on the size. Um, now, so someone you live in Perth, you hadn't had a Brewdog bar near to you before now. How did you get into Brewdog? How, how does that connection happen? 
Um, I've had, before I was into Brewdog, I had so many people recommending. My barber, my local barber recommended Brewdog to me. Um, and I was actually, my first Brewdog experience was over in Berlin when I tried out the Brewdog bar in Berlin. Uh, and that was an amazing place. The Berlin, anybody who wants to go to Berlin, you must try out the Brewdog bar there. Um, and then I opened up my own bar in my house. I'd done a conversion in my own house and opened up my own brew bar, Brewdog bar. Uh, and ever since then, uh, the first thing I shot list is a load of Brewdog. <laughs> I've, I've seen some of the photos that you post on the forum. <laughs> I think your your bar probably is just going to be as busy as this place some nights, by the looks of it. Yeah. So, so I'm just intrigued again a little bit more. How on earth did you end up with getting a Brewdog bar that you built yourself in your garage? How does that come about? Well, we were building an extension in the house, and uh, it was going on the side of the house where my garage was. So. Uh, luckily enough I have an understanding wife who says um, what we're going to do with the garage I could make it a utility room for washing and all that and that's just no chance <laughs> I says uh, we do a lot of socialising we have a lot of parties in the house so what's the first thing you do you build a bar so since we built the bar in the last year uh, we've been busier than most pubs in Perth <laughs> <laughs> Alan thank you very much for your time but I really appreciate it thank you thank you Does that have like a capacity of, did you say 48? 48. However, I have a nerdy thing to tell you, Bruce. Yes. You know how we always go to Pit Lockery and uh, yes. we always take a walk around the uh-huh. hydro station there? Yes. And I've always had these weird questions about how the hydro works and the water and all the different power stations link up. The guy I've interviewed here, he's one of the operators and oh. he's agreed to meet me for a pint when we go. And have a good chat with him. Is that the place with the salmon ladder? Yes. That is exactly it. So well remembered. I went on a school trip years ago, I think. They've still got the salmon ladder and it's still very heavily used. They've got a counter thing there now where you can see all the salmon swimming up. And but every, every, every time we go there, it's zero. Yeah. Emma, you're loving this, aren't but you? But we do go in February. No, so. yeah. Emma, have you ever seen a salmon ladder? <laughs> this is what you do in Scotland for a school trip. <laughs> Go and look at salmon leaping up this, so the salmon don't get mushed in the power station when they try and swim up the tea. Yeah, it's quite yeah, cool. it's a real thing. Next time I'm there, I'll send you a video. <laughs> yeah, while I was there uh, at Perth, I also got uh, a quick couple of minutes with Eve, who is the new general manager. Right, Eve, we, we've just stepped outside because it's so busy inside just now, so we can actually hear each other. Um, yeah, this is your bar. Um, tell us about it. How would you describe it to someone who knows nothing about this bar? Um, I would probably describe it as a cosy craft beer haven. Because, yeah, it's pretty snug for a brewdog bar, but we've got some really cool beers and it's open to everyone. We want all of the people of Perth to come and enjoy our craft beer. Excellent. Uh, how many taps have you got and what's the food situation in your bar? So we've got 14 lines currently and uh, we are a pizza site. Excellent. Excellent. Um, how did you end up getting the general manager's job here then? What's your what's your path through Brewdog Bean? Uh, so we started at Castlegate when we first opened uh, three years ago now, pretty much to the day actually. And then I moved to Dundee um, for was there for two years and then I've ended up here. Awesome. And how many how many staff have you got on your team here? Uh, we're going to be seven. 
That's brilliant. It's 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 a lovely, cosy bar. I know that everyone keeps using that word cosy tonight, but it's great. This gives you a real, genuine opportunity to tell people about craft beer and what it's all about. Um, have you any experience of doing this in a place that, like Perth that doesn't really have a craft beer scene particularly? Are, are you expecting a lot of people coming in demanding tenants? Well, I guess Dundee is probably my only similar experience. When I started there two years ago, um, there wasn't a huge craft beer offering in the city. So we did have quite a lot of people who didn't know what Brewdog was or um, or ever had craft beer before. So there was quite a lot of uh, tasting that went on. And yeah, I guess that's a similar experience, which I think will happen a lot in Perth. We're going to get a lot of new people in the bar who've never been to Brewdog before. So just have a chance to share the craft beer with them. Awesome. Uh, the rain's on now, perfectly. Just timed for us recording this. And uh, you need to get back inside, obviously, and serve these wonderful people. So, uh, Eve, thank you so much. Good luck with it all, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. It was really nice to be there. Um, best of luck to the whole team. Uh, I am absolutely sure it's going to be packed out the door from uh, most nights uh, and days. Uh, so, yeah, really nice trip to Perth. Lovely to see everyone. Um but not the only bar opening to talk about. We've got another one here. Emma, uh, you were at Brixton. I was. Yeah, I went to the EFP opening night last week, which is really, really good, actually. I mean, it's always great to go to these nights, but there's just some really cool, um, fun EFPs in the room. So I had a really good night and met lots of new EFPs as well, actually. So the bar is three or four minutes away from Brixton Tube Station. So only around the corner. It sounds a little bit bigger than Perth. Just slightly. Um, it's, it's, I guess, medium-sized bar. Um, it probably feels a bit smaller, actually, because if you walk in, you've got the bar on the left. But then it's just like a, a really long bar, if that makes sense. And you've got booths running along the right-hand side and then tables on the left. Um, they've got that step seating that they've got at Tower Hill. I think that's a new thing that they're running out. Bleachers. Is that what it's... Course. Yeah, it's called Bleachers. I uh, they, it's Doghouse, I think, in Glasgow was the first place I saw it. Oh, I've yeah, not seen it. It's, there, it's spread and Cloudwater have done it in their Bermondsey tap room. Seems to be a craft beer thing. It's a yeah, it is a way of just casually getting seats into an area that you would I don't know. It's a weird one. I'm not I'm not a fan. Um all the staff were there, same as what you've said about Perth. James did the toast. We had an Albino Squid Assassin. And I think everyone was just, all staff were really happy because they can, well, I was going to say get some sleep, but Christmas is coming up and it's going to be really busy trays, but it's the last bar opening of the year um, in the UK. So um, they've yeah. pushed back Dalston to next year. The other one, um, yeah, the other one was, uh, what do you call it? It did f- In Finland, what's the next bar that's opening? That's on Friday. Tampere. Recording, isn't it? Thank you, sir. I was like, I actually knew it was that, but I wanted you to say it in case it was some sort of weird Finnish pronunciation. <laughs> there probably is, like, but I... Tampere! I, I anglicise it. <laughs> oh, fair enough. You could get um, um, some one of our Finnish EFPs on, and they could say the amazing word in Finnish that literally translates oh, as getting drunk in your pants. It's like Kranit or something like that. We need to get somebody on. Yeah, exactly. Oh. One of my dogs is awake by the sounds of it. Um, Emma, you had a, a microphone with you. Did you manage to grab us any audio while you were there? 
Well, if you've never been to an EFP opening night before, then somebody, usually in the leadership team, does a toast on the bar. So, like I said, it was James this time. So, I recorded that for you guys to listen to. Cool. Let's play that in. Thanks for helping us do this. Um, this site has been six years in the making for us. So um, we've tried to get this location six years ago. We had a deal on the table and we made a beer because of this location because we thought we had the deal done. And then the landlord phoned me to tell me he was knocking down the entire building. Um, so the building got knocked down. We picked up the negotiations again um, about a year ago. So we're so delighted to be opening here. But after a six year um, incubation to get this site open. Um, any of you guys signed up to the AGM? <laughs> so um, we, we sold out um, day one. Um, any of you guys doing the sticker book so far? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the sticker books have been responsible for the best sentence I've heard in my entire life. So um, I've got a daughter who's four years old, and uh, she asked me if she could swap a jackhammer for an albino squid assassin. <laughs> Albino Squid Assassin, and um, that is a beer you guys have in your glass. It's a wildcard beer. This is the fourth time we've made it. It is our best. So, um, enjoy Albino Squid Assassin. Um, well done, team. Cheers! Cheers! Uh, brilliant, thanks Emma. Uh, just a little excerpt of that there. Um, Emma, I have a listen and note here while you were at Brixton about Blood Orange. Yeah, so Alan Manley, another friend of the show, um, gave... Oh, Alan was the chap who did all the uh, running stuff, I think, wasn't he? he no, was that was Alan Moffrey. Alan Manley is staying yeah. in Reading. He did the, he did the <clears throat> EFP opening for Milton Keynes, I believe. Yes, that was oh, it. That's yes. right, apologies. So he very kindly gave me a bottle of, I believe it's called Bloody Revolution, and it was brewed by the group that went up for Brewer Beer Day uh, due to the large investment that they gave into the business. So I've got I've got that to look forward to over the next few days. Let you know awesome. what it's like next time. Nice. Finally, uh, last one to talk about Edinburgh Airport. If you remember, that opened feels like a while ago. Uh, while ago, I got a chat with uh, Lynn. Uh, caught up with her in Brewdog Castlegate. So uh, let's have a chat with Lynn. She was at the airport, and she can tell us all about that one. Right, I'm in uh, Brewdog Castlegate, and sat in front of me is the uh, wonderful uh, beer leader two on Twitter. This is Lynn. Uh, Lynn, how are you today? I'm really well, Robert. Thank you very much. Excellent, Lynn. Uh, for folks who don't know, would you like to tell them when you became an EFP and just how many Brewdog bars you've visited now? <laughs> I became an EFP in 2011, I think. Would that be EFP 2? It was EFP 2, yes. We bought the minimal shares at the time, blah, blah, blah. And I have now become a proud owner of my this is 40 prize <laughs> and have acquired more stamps since then on my visa which is good <laughs> so it's fair to say that you are very well qualified to talk about new bar openings and what your thoughts are on them so uh, that brings us nicely on to um, Edinburgh Airport. So you were one of the very lucky few I think it was only about 40 something in the end but yeah tell us about your night. Yeah, there was 41 of us, I believe, at the airport launch night. And yeah, it was so exciting. I'm not one for going on the forum very often. And just by chance, was on the forum 
the night that it was decided we could get EFPs in and we had to send in our passports and a selfie kind of photograph to Cameron. We met at the airport for five o'clock. We got our passes from Cameron. We were then led through security, VIP access, backdoor kind of, but all very above board and through the... Well, I, I was going to ask, did you have to actually go like through the whole security like you were a travelling passenger then? We did indeed, yeah. Although not in the queue with everybody else. <laughs> it was very VIPs through the back door, but still the rigid security things that you get and like anything under 100ml in liquids had to go into the clear plastic bag and stuff. Everything got scanned and it was like belts off, blah, 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 bags in the wee basket thing and everything through the security and that. And then once everybody had cleared that, we were then led by were like rep from the TRG group into the, the bar. We bypassed all the shops in the duty-free area of the airport and just kind of like fast-tracked into the, the Brewdog bar area, which still had its hoardings up at the time. It still had its hoardings up, so you didn't really get to see it in the context of the actual airport properly then? Not as such, but obviously it had its hoardings up because it was such an exclusive event I imagine and it was to obviously keep probably us contained <laughs> and to keep everyone else out from the area at the time because security was so tight and obviously we weren't flying we weren't doing anything in the airport other than visiting the bar so they had to have that heightened security there was obviously a man on the door watching us going for the toilets and stuff and it wasn't quite as bad as what they had first thought when we thought we'll have to put my hand up when we're getting escorted to the toilet but the, the toilets were in the line of vision from the door of, so it wasn't that bad. Cool well I suppose we should talk about the actual bar itself um, obviously like I said you've been to many a brew dog bar so how does this one compare? This one was as good as any other ones recently that I have visited. Absolutely, amazingly fantastic, I would say. And the staff could not have been nicer. They were so helpful. And the added plus on the night was that it was totally free. I'm, so, I'm sorry, uh, is this mic playing up? Did you just say it was free? Indeed it was. And coming from Aberdeen and being a good Aberdeen queen that I am, how delighted were we to find out on the night that TRG Group paid for everything. Food and drink. Not just your free drink as you would normally get on a opening night, you get a free drink, get your toast drink. It was all night. Excellent, so that'll be a nice three day hangover then, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, is there anything else um, Anything else we want to say about the ball in? I'm trying to think, do you remember how many taps there were, what the prices were like, that sort of thing? I think there was maybe about 10 to 14 taps or so. The beers that were on offer, I must say, apart from there was Punk, Elvis Juice, Hazy Jane, they were the only ones above like your 5%. Everything else was like lower than 5%. You had your Kingpin, your Lost Lager, your Cybernaut was where toast drink that night and everything was on your, the low ABV side. So they're going in quite low and build, they're going to build up their rep. Really. Did you notice if there was any takeaway beers? 
There were bottled beers, but whether they were getting takeaway, I'm not 100% sure, but there, there were bottles and cans to buy there. I, I honestly couldn't say if you could have taken them away or not. I'm, I'm sure someone from Edinburgh Airport will uh, let us know anyway. Uh, Lynn, uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, where's, where's the next bar for you? Have you got ne your next stamp collecting trip planned already or have you not got one in mind yet? My next stamp collecting hopefully will be at Brixton and hopefully it will be on Boxing Day. <laughs> well, there we go. Lynn, thank you so much for your time and we'll catch up with you very soon. Catch you soon. Cheers, Robert. Thanks. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, I believe one of us here has also been to Edinburgh Airport's Brewdog. Yes, right? well, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> that, that was Andrew. was me. Uh, yeah, I had a, a quick visit last week. I uh, had a last-minute trip, day trip to Edinburgh for work, so popped in on the way back through, and I was stood at the bar, and uh, I just put my bag down and looked around, and there was none other than forum regular and friend of the podcast, Dave Lee, who was also just popping through. So we had a nice chat, a nice catch-up with a pint of punk and a pint of Cybernaut, and it was very lovely. It's a nice bar. It's cool. uh, yeah. It's quite weird being in the middle of the space it's in, so it doesn't really have any walls. But um, it's got the headliners, it's got the seasonals, and... It's got a fridge, which hopefully will gain some more exciting guests over time. But when it's a choice between that and spoons, it's fine. The one downside, airside at airports, I don't think you can have fryers, so they can't do chips properly. Did you have the pancakes? Oh, No, it was uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, so I was not really breakfast no. ready. No, no cauliflower wings then? Nope, don't think so. I'm not, I'm not going. <laughs> Sack it. <clears throat> okay, um, right, remember that whole Scofflaw debacle uh, a few episodes back? Um, um, yeah, the whole Scofflaw thing a few weeks ago. Um, I got back on the line with Charles Anderson, who did our USA no. AGM special, uh, because uh, Charles, uh, as he mentioned at the time, uh, he regularly goes to Scofflaw, and he caught up with the, I think it was the brewers and the owners. So, um, yeah, here's the audio I did with him, uh, which I've recorded. Um, so, yeah, it might be nice to get him on and see how that's sort of fallen, how the chips have fallen on that one. So, on the line just now, looking wonderful, I might add, sir, it's Charles <laughs> Anderson, our, our American correspondent. How are you today? Doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I just just saw before uh, we started recording there. You've got a fantastic view from your new office, and I'm very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can literally see my back garden and nothing else. So that's all uh, good. Sometimes um, that's nice, though. <laughs> it is. Uh, have you been? Before I should do it. We talk about Scofflaw, which is why we're here. Have you been up to uh, the brewery at all? Have you actually had any time to enjoy some Brewdog beers? I haven't been up recently. I've actually got some friends coming down who are gonna. Uh, travel with some because they're coming for christmas to visit some other friends and i'm just going to have them bring a whole bunch excellent excellent well i'm a bit jealous because i think that the merchandise that you're getting in in america um, is much better than ours at the moment so <laughs> yeah anyway uh, i should quickly fill people in who don't really know the backstory here because maybe they've only just tuned in for the first time yep um so for those who miss what happened scofflaw had built up a great working relationship with brewdog in the usa um as they're they're brewery is physically relatively close to brew dogs um, and it looks like scofflaw we're using brew dog for contract brewing which is quite common when breweries mm -hmm. find themselves unable to cope with demand and while another brewery isn't quite at full capacity 
Scofflaw came along to the AGM in the US to do question and answer sessions, as well as show off the collaboration beer that they did with Brewdog. And you very yep. kindly recorded an interview there. And it has just yeah. gone out of my head who you recorded that interview with. I'm sorry. It was with uh, their master brewer, Travis. That's it, it was Travis. So that's on episode yep. 12, if anybody wants to have a listen back. Now, not long after this, Brewdog invited Scoffle over to the UK to do a mini tour of selected Brewdog bars and to spend a week mm-hmm. here promoting the Scoffle. And on the, I think yep. it was the night before the tour was started, which and when the guys from Scofflaw were actually in the UK in London, yep. a press release yeah, they were went all out. Yep. Press release went out, sent to various outlets, which stated that if you were a Trump supporter, you will get a free beer when you come along to whichever bar the tour is visiting. Right. Dog immediately issued a statement saying that this is not the case. Uh, then they went ahead and cancelled the tour and immediately stopped selling Scofflaw beers. Yep. Scofflaw, understandably... Uh, a bit annoyed about this. It all seemed the communication seemed to break down between Scofflaw and Brewdog because that's sort of yep. as the story was developing. And then via social media, it, it basically turned out that Scofflaw then blamed their PR agency, uh, who the PR agency Frank then in subsequently blamed a rogue individual working there. So the finger of blame was passed around. Now, when we left the it story, was. when we left the story, it was um, that was really where we got to, and everybody was thinking, yeah. okay. You know, the, this, the, the relationship with Brewdog and Scofflaw, it's gone. Um, doubt we'll really be hearing much more from them. Bye. But you uh, were on our little group chat that we have when we're organising yep. the podcast, and you sent a message saying, hey, guys, I went to the Scofflaw Brewery, and I have some thoughts. And yeah. that's why you're here. So over to it you, is. sir. Yeah, so I went and chatted with them. Um, they're, as, as I mentioned on episode 12, they're very close to my house. And so, uh, we were going there, uh, to show some friends around and, uh, I will be totally transparent in that. I thought when all of this went down, I was very ready to lay the blame squarely on Scofflaw's shoulders. They've made some, uh, PR missteps in the past <laughs> here in Atlanta. And, um, so I was very ready to accept the Brewdog narrative of it's Scofflaw's fault and was a little suspect of Scofflaw's narrative of it's the PR agency's fault. But I went and I, I sat down with the uh, CEO, Matt, and the master brewer, Travis, and chatted with them. And uh, I left very convinced that uh, that blame goes to the PR agency in one way or another. Um, I, I mean, I, Scofflaw has done some weird stuff, but uh, they always own up to it when they do it. And yeah. so this was very surprising and they were very disappointed in, in the response from James and Brewdog. And I think that from the Brewdog equity punk community as well. And I, I think personally, I would like to see more people reaching out to uh, kind of acknowledge that maybe that wasn't the case and maybe we all jumped to a conclusion too quickly. Yeah. I think when the, the, the story sort of first broke, it was, oh, this is Brewdog with another one of Brewdog's classic PR stunts. And then that quickly yeah. got debunked by James. Yeah. Then um, then the sort of scofflaw, you know, in the social media comments and things were saying that, yeah, you know, this, this we, we didn't authorize this. And you're right, in, in, because they do have a little bit of a track record. There was a lot of eye rolling. Yep. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Um, Just like you get with it, Brewdog a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like that is... That is probably, although, although it's not good for Scofflaw right now, it's fantastic to hear. <laughs> but it's fantastic because they, they, they make great beer. 
And it's fantastic to hear that there is, um, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel here. I know James has said that, you know, the the communication's back on between them. So, I mean, I'm just now hopeful that it'll, you know, a few months will pass, everyone will have forgotten, we'll we'll move on. um, And hopefully Scofflaw uh, won't make make a mistake of using that PR agency again. Yeah, no. That was uh, just... That's a lot of business. It was such a disappointment. Yeah. It did. And I mean, I, I know that they were disappointed. I know I, as someone who appreciates their beer, I was disappointed to see that it got pulled off the shelves, essentially, um, for new people to try it. Because, you know, especially for such a small brewery like they are here, that's that was such an opportunity. And I, I hated it for them. So... Well, maybe, maybe I know there is one or two staff who listen to this, obviously a few AFPs as well. Maybe uh-huh. just maybe we can put a little tiny bit of pressure on Brewdog to say, "Hey, <laughs> you know, let's let's see if we can work out a way to uh, to turn this all around and and hopefully right. everyone will be cool again." Because we need more brewers, we need more breweries, we need more craft beer, especially the quality and the styles that yeah. Scofflaw make. So yeah, it's it's yeah. it's no one's winning at the moment. So yeah, 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 and I think I think that it is. I think that this is a good lesson for all of us who are EFPs to. Uh, to be less quick to pull the trigger on on a lot of the kind of rumor spreading that that we've done, and I've been guilty of as much as anybody about so, where things get started from, and we're we're very it's very easy to jump on, and I, it's not usually the EFPs, it's usually the people who are who have been burned by Brewdog in one way or another, um, whether it's real or perceived who, who jump on the bandwagon of, Oh, look, they've screwed up again. And I think that uh, there, I think Brewdog's doing a very good job this year, especially of trying to turn that around and stop that cycle. And I think that uh, as they try to stop that cycle, it's important that we see that other people can make mistakes too. And we don't, we don't ruin things just for missteps like this because this yeah i mean there's there's worse things happening in the world that we should be concerned about for sure yeah absolutely i've got a pan of mashed potatoes that's about to boil over downstairs <laughs> so i suppose i better go into that and then yeah i know you're i've got you're, meetings you're to get off. to yeah yeah uh, charles thank you so much for your time buddy and uh, before we go um what's your uh what your home brewing at the moment i know you've not been doing a lot ah, but I, no i actually just kegged two things last night i kegged a uh jalapeno pineapple goza that, that i think <sighs> is pretty good and a uh a spiced cranberry orange cider that may be the best thing I've ever made in a fermenter. Um, Holy moly. <laughs> it, it like, seriously, it is, it's incredible. Uh, okay. I'm looking forward to when it's all carved up. Excellent. Um, brilliant. And uh, hopefully a couple of our uh, listeners might get to say hello to you when they get the flight over in uh, February. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. Charles, I'll let you go. Thanks again, buddy. And I will catch up with you very soon. Bye. Thanks again, Charles. Uh, let's quickly fire through these last few news bits, folks. Um, Andrew, you've got the first one. James thought it would be a good idea to do some sort of bar event having a, an unofficial second referendum on the UK's departure from the European Union. It was very quickly shot down by EFPs and no longer exists as a concept. Next. I think this is really cool because it means James is putting ideas out there and listening to us and going, yeah, okay, that one's not going to work. This, this is what he promised he'd do, so credit to him. This one was never going to work, but anyway. Anyway, um, Emma, you've got the next one. Yes, Death or Glory. Have you any of you tried it? Uh, yep. No. 
I don't know if you, you guys did, can see my Bruce, camera. Bruce, you did try it. It was at that bottle share at Beatnik, but you won't remember. No. I gave you some. <laughs> Do you actually not remember, Bruce? No, not really. <laughs> I remember I remember meeting you and, and you were a lot taller than I thought. I, somebody anyway. had a death of glory and I, I, I poured you a wee bit and you went, oh, that's nice. And that, that was that. So you have had it. Oh, there you go. Who knew? <laughs> So, so James James asked on the forum recently whether there's a few hundred bottles of the beer left, which has always been uh, money can't buy beer. So you you get it from the uh, referral program that they've got in place. Um, apparently there's a few hundred bottles left and the question from James was, do they sell it as a special Christmas gift pack with the glasses? So the money can't buy beer, then we're going to make it money can buy it. Yes, and there was a poll on the forum. <laughs> 74% as of right now are saying yes, so. And there's 481 votes. However, it's a really lengthy thread, so I've not read all of the 342 posts personally. Uh, but the general gist from what I have read is a lot of people are saying don't sell it and actually um, it will devalue the beer and wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be better if it was given out in competitions um, for dog tank ideas, give it to staff. Uh, so there's not been a final decision on that yet as far as I know. Cool, and I've got a bottle that was given to us by... Um... <clears throat> Neil, who did the uh, share trading, and we've got a bottle here to give away, which we're still not done. We'll maybe try and do that on our Christmas special, which is going Good to be our next idea. episode. Okay, uh, Emma, you've got the next one here. Um, yes. Yeah, go for it. So, Brewdog Airlines. Rob, have I told you? I don't think I've told you. I'm going on the flight in February. I'm sorry, Emma, your internet's breaking up. I can't hear you again. <laughs> well, Emma, Emma just the, the funniest thing I ever remember about the, the weekend is when... We met up and you actually told him that you actually had booked yourself on the flight. His face. Yes. Yeah. That proud moment. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, so James again has asked on the forum uh, yesterday, today, uh, whether they should run another flight in August, uh, which would tie into the AGM. So I believe that this one sold out within four weeks and it was a bit touch and go when they launched it because um, people were a bit nervous about whether it would sell out because it was just before Christmas. Um, could people afford it at this time of year? But yeah, they sold out in four weeks, which was amazing. Um, so the feedback, that, the small amount of feedback that James has had so far on the forum is that yes, uh, big thumbs up from everyone and everyone seems to think it will sell out, especially if it's in line with the AGM. Cool. I'd go on that one. Okay, uh, next one. Uh, very quickly, Punk State. Um, it's still on the go. Uh, a bit surprised when I saw this. They visited Southampton Uni. The only way I knew about it was because it was on Twitter, which kind of makes sense um, because they would have been advertising it at Southampton Uni. But I think it's a great idea. Get out and amongst all the students and give them free beer and get some uh, brand recognition going for Brewdog. So, yeah, just wanted to, to give a thumbs up to that one, really, and hope to see to see more universities being visited by the Punk State team. Can I just see? I've actually just finished the T-shirt. Is that what you... (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Right, Bruce, let's get this podcast finished. Give us your bad joke, please. Yes, now, as you know, I have twin girls. 
Um, I'm a DJ on Twin Girls, but however, I've got a friend and part of the twin group that we, we used to be a member of. He was a member of a band and he was a drummer. And do you know what he called these twins? Anna one, Anna two. I thought that was quite good. My audio cut out and it improved it. Have <laughs> <laughs> you missed this, Andrew? Anybody? Okay, that's it for this podcast. Our next episode is our Christmas special. Can't give too much away as we're still working on the logistics just now, uh, but we're trying to get everybody together. Uh, we're hoping to record up at the brewery in Allen and also possibly down in Glasgow as well. So keep an eye on our social media. It'd be nice if anybody's popping past wants to say hello. Uh, final mention for our Patreon campaign, please visit patreon.com forward slash brewdognews for all the details and that cool video that Kev from Border Digital helped us put together. Uh, right, let's give everyone a chance to say where you can be found online. Emma, you can go first. It's Emma underscore DeSena on the forum and Emma DeSena on Instagram. Awesome. I've been looking at your Instagram stories. They've been fantastic. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Showing us all how Instagram's done. Andrew. I'm Andrew on the forum. Come and tell me what you think about me there. Are you not on Instagram doing wonderful Instagram stories? Mm. Mm. Not really. Should we be? (laughs) Not that much. Bruce, tell everyone about your Instagram and how you are never really on the forum. Yeah, Brulafu, I'm I'm kind of a reply every now on the forum, but Andrew, what colour t shirt do you want? Oh, unbelievable. Uh, and you can find me at Sunscream on Twitter, and I'm the same Sunscream on the forum. You can find out about my day job by visiting robertcooper.xyz. That's it for this week. Send us a voicemail, our local rate number, 01224-518-501. You can email us, studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brewdognewspodcast, and our Twitter is at brewdognews. Show notes and past episodes are always available on our website, brewdognewspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they are available. There's links on the website. Have a great, great, <laughs> have a great week, everybody. Bye. See ya. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye. According to your wife, when I dance, I simply point. <laughs> you, you do. I remember I was part of a breakdancing crew when I was at school. Oh, for and, God. And <laughs> my, job, my, my job in the breakdance crew was to carry the, the roll of vinyl and the stereo in with us. Oh, please. <laughs> no, no, listen, that no, never happened. You totally made yes, that up. No, no, seriously. I had to carry the vinyl, and I wasn't allowed to dance because I couldn't. So my job was just to carry the vinyl. Anyway, we used to listen. To, we used to, we used to listen to um, Art of Noise. Remember? Anybody remember then? They should play at the AGM. Proper music. <laughs>
Right, that, go for it. Don't do anything. Anyway, 